listening to The Jim Laird Show on Body IO FM, where health and performance collide with your host, Jim Laird. Hello and welcome to The Jim Laird Show brought to you by Body IO FM. Thanks for tuning in, and as always, please support Kiefer so I can continue to do these shows. I really appreciate him allowing me to do a show on this channel, and, and also, if you have any feedback, please email me at info at jimlaird.com. Happy to answer questions, or if you have somebody you'd like me to chat with, um, I will do my best to accommodate you. Today, I have my good friend, Justin Ford, with me. And uh, I'm pretty excited about today's show. It's, it's kind of one of those deals where uh, Justin literally works uh, where I used to work at LAC down the street from us. And he te- we were texting back and forth this morning. He's like, hey, I have a cancellation. Let's do a show. So this is pretty awesome. You know, generally speaking, most of my shows are about getting people healthy because that's just the majority of the people I deal with are not, even if they are trying to chase performance, once you educate them, and, and talk to them about what they really want. Most people don't want to chase performance. They just want to look good and feel good. Uh, but we're actually going to talk about chasing performance today. And Justin is an anomaly. Justin has competed in a national, international level Olympic lifting, powerlifting, and in strongman. And uh, he's a former training partner. And we'll kind of get into that. But we're going to get into a lot of my former dumbassery. Uh, I would call it dumbassery. I invented a new word. And Justin has thrived because he learned from my dumbassery. So we're going to get into a lot of the mistakes I've made and how Justin has learned um, to train smarter because of my stupidity. So, Justin, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today. Why don't, why don't you just kind of uh, briefly talk about how we met, and uh, we can go from there. Well, I, I remember I was still Olympic lifting, and I just snatched 90 kilos, and you were walking by the the platform there, and I said, what's this big guy standing before? So I slammed the bar down, you know, I just, I'll never forget that day. And uh, then we started talking, and, and you you were said, you know, the problem with Olympic weightlifters, they're not strong, they're not strong, at least in the U.S., they're not strong, you know, and and, and then it, so it, it sparked this little debate, well, I'm going to show this guy I'm strong, fuck him, I'm going to show him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of those things, and, and, you know, over the time, you know, of course, through the transition, when I went, when I, you know, finally left, you know, retired from Olympic weightlifting, you know, we started training together, you know, I, I remember you said, you know, I was like, what do I need to do? Because I had all this top end speed, but no torque. I was, I was like, I was like a sports car, but I didn't have that, that, that big engine. And, and you said, just get strong. I was like, man, that pissed me off so bad. I was like, screw this guy. It's jerk off. Yeah, he's, he's from Canada. He's telling me to get strong. What the hell does that mean? And we would do our main lift together. And then when it's accessory time, everybody kind of disbanded and did their, their stuff. And, and, and then I was like, wait a minute. I'll figure this out. I was my guy. I, I, I I can't do a glute ham to save my life, so I put that in my warm up. Stuff, silly stuff like that, you know. And then, and then watching you, you know, every what was it? we used to do max efforts on Monday or something. Every Monday, go in there. It was a single. We got to hit a single. I was like, man, this this hurts, you know. This hurts. <laughs> it sucks. You know what's going on here, you know. But it was fun. It was exhilarating. We got to, you know, everybody wants to chase that big number. Yeah, you know? and, and that's that's probably one of the biggest mistakes I made was chasing that that max effort. Um, uh, there's nothing wrong with doing max effort work, but you know, I didn't do enough work in the squat suit. Um, 
at lower percentages, you know, because anytime I'd go over 900 pounds, my form would just go to shit. Oh, yeah. And, um, but I could do, you know, I could, I could safety bar squat with just a belt, 800 for triple. I did almost a thousand pound good morning with a, with <laughs> a safety squat bar. <laughs> and, and, and I look at Justin, what he does now in his training is he works up and he, he works on, you know, and, and the one thing I would do differently is I would, still do some heavy work, but it would be more sport specific work. Maybe on the off season, I'd do more max effort, but meat prep wise, it would be all sport specific, you know, work. And then I would use the accessory bars as assistance work. Uh, that's one of the biggest mistakes I made. Totally. I mean, that's, that's what I like about the strong man. I'm not, uh, hindered by, Hey, I have to do a straight bar squat. I, I, I can use these specialty bars that we still love and play around with all the time, but I still kind of apply the same thing. I might go up and hit a couple heavy triples or something, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to try to go above 90% or something. I'm right. going to keep it low around 80, maybe 85% if I'm feeling good, and then do my back down sets where I hit a ton of volume. I might right. be hitting sets of 10. Sometimes, shit, I'll do a, a set of 20 yeah. as a Widowmaker just to see where I'm at, just to give me the... the they kind of gut check. Yeah, and in the long term, that you're just going to be be better off that way. Because I would get so worked up on the max effort, you know, ammonia caps, getting you know wound up and 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 beating my head against the wall and and all that kind of stuff. And I would get my PR on the, but then meet time comes and I've got nothing, yeah. you know. So and and you know all my I did a lot of assistance work, step ups, glute hams, but I didn't do enough actual squatting. You know, I didn't do enough actual deadlifting, um, you know, and, and that's something that you've done a really good job of. Um, how long did you com- compete in powerlifting and what made you decide to switch from powerlifting to strongman? Well, I, I originally started in powerlifting back in high school. I had a really great coach, Larry Traub. He's uh, in southern Indiana. Um, he's the one that made me fall in love with the squat in the pool. I mean, he, he knew his stuff then. And it's funny thinking back over it. It's like when I was in high school, I didn't know that anybody did anything besides three by six on their main movements and three by eight on their, on their accessory movements. You know, uh, I switched over to Olympic lifting cause I always wanted to do it. And then years later, it just, after 11 years, it kind of lost its buzz. I was working on the road with my job. It's hard to find a gym. And then, then we started, you know, hanging out and training a little bit. And I just got addicted. We went, you, we went up to the Arnold. Yeah. We went up to the Arnold back when they had, what was the IPA or? The IPA? WPO. WPO, yeah. Andy and, Bolton and yeah, Chuck yeah. I, I saw, I saw, uh, I saw a guy squat like close to 1,200 pounds and it was just like done. I want to do this, you know. I, I remember looking at the deadlift record and it was like 650. And I was like, hmm, that seems plausible. I can do that. You know, uh, you know, so we, we did some things. We chased the, that 1,000 pound squat, you know. I missed it in competition, but. What made me switch over was after that 1,000-pound squat, you know, the whole crew just kind of grew up. You know, we yeah. had, you know, guys going to law school, you know, uh, going to grad school, moving back home and stuff. And uh, LAC just got a log uh, from Rogue and, and just being a natural, putting stuff over my head from years of Olympic lifting. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to try this guy out. And I did, and I liked it. I mean, the first time I touched it, I think I went up to like 290 or something. And then I got in contact with the McCann boys uh, from uh, Lawrence Springs, Indiana, got some stones. And it's just, it, I loved powerlifting because it made you very strong. But it's not be, very practical. Right. <laughs> and it's not practical at all. But And, and you could be fat and lazy while you right, did it. Right, right. You, you could know, barely the, walk up to the squat rack. Right. You could squat 1,000 uh, pounds. When we were in New York, uh, what was it? John Bott was sitting yeah. back there, purple face from wrapping a knee. I mean, come on, guys. You know, but then... We get over into the strongman stuff. You have to be more athletic. You yes. have to move. And it, it just, the way my body felt afterwards, I mean, I, I dropped from like 250 down to 230s, and I just felt much better. I, I could move, you know. 
aches and pains that I just attributed to, well, I'm getting old. It was just mid-30s. Getting, it's just being stiff. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Powerlifting power is about getting as stiff as possible. And you, know, you talked about the crew disbanding, and that's one of the things that – one of the reasons I wish I would have competed raw is because – you know, people don't realize when you're going up, you know, chasing a thousand pound squat or you're, you're benching, you know, you, it takes you an hour to warm up. You yeah. got to put the damn suit on. You need three people. And then you got, you know, when we're getting ready, to, like we don't have a monolift. So we got to have somebody pull pins, which Reset that's a whole, that's time. a whole nother yeah. story on its own. I almost killed you one time, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, so I, you know, raw, I think I would have lasted a lot, a lot longer, but that's what people don't realize. If you want to be really, really good at powerlifting, you you need to become immobile at mm-hmm. some point. And I think strongman is definitely, definitely since they have more weight classes now, which is great because, you know, guys that aren't mastodons can compete in it. Oh, yeah. Um, you d- definitely more athletic. It's definitely going to carry over into more things. And I, I love implementing strongman and, and just for some of the athletes that I work with. It just breaks up the monotony of anything. Correct. Correct. Well, because you can still deadlift. You can still squat. Uh, you just get to work on events and stuff, yeah. and then you bring up, you know, you use your your intelligence from your uh, training to uh, to implement that with um, accessory work to bring up weak areas. So tell us about you competed here recently and you qualified for the Arnold. Tell yeah, us about it, that. man, I, you know, about four months ago, I was looking for a contest. I, I did one up in uh, Indy. Uh, trying to qualify for USS Nationals. Uh, the old powerlifter took over. I went to chase two national records instead of qualifying. Uh, I I set one record. It got beat, unfortunately. But then I was like, geez, I need to do something. You know, I, I feel like I'm at a stage in my lifting career where at this level, time might be limited. So I was looking uh the uh was it? old Hogan Strength Challenge, the Chicago Fit Expo, uh, the 200-pound class got to qualify for the honors, the platinum plus meet. And I said, I'm going to drop the 200. I haven't been 200. When I graduated high school in 98, I was <laughs> 197. And let's put it this way, when I went into high school, I was 202. Okay? <laughs> so everybody's like, you're nuts, you're crazy. So I was like, no, I'm doing this. I, I'm setting forth. I... Never once have I planned every little bit out as far as like nutrition and stuff like that. I just let it roll. I, hell, I was a powerlifter, or right. you know, the, the weight class of strongman was two thirty one. Who cares? I right. can cut 10, 15 pounds, no problem. But to actually get down, so you know, I, I slowly tracked everything down. Um, got to the mid to two tens, two fifteen, somewhere around in there, and just hung out there. And I was like, geez, what am I gonna do? My strength level was up and everything, and then. Uh, it took it took some major willpower. the The difference in this meet than all the other meets is, as far as my programming, I didn't set it in stone. I didn't write it down. I didn't, you know, I used what I had as a template. And I think a lot of people make a mistake when they get a program, even if they write it themselves or, or they right. you know pay a, a, you know a well known coach to write the perfect program. It just won't work. It's, when we were in Elite that uh, one time, uh, Matt Krosky was up there talking. And he happened to say the, the perfect program's like a bad, bad blowjob. It doesn't exist, man, you know? <laughs> and they're just, and they, they're kind of stuck in my head. Well, there, goes just, the, there goes the family rating. Right, yeah, sorry about that. You know, no, but, no, that's okay. <laughs> but that's what I looked at. And so I said, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to listen to my body for this one, you know, and come to find out, you know, the day of weigh ins, I was 213.8 at 4 a.m., you know, after we, we left out of Louisville to get up to Chicago. By noon central time, I was 197. I, I hadn't weighed that much in over 20 years, you know. Mm-hmm. So then, and you look, and you look like you, you looked like you could have stepped on stage at a bodybuilding. I did. So. It was insane. I, I all I needed was a 
pack full of razors and some spray tan, really. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and then, you know. Thank God that didn't happen. Right. The rehydration plan, the refeeding plan, everything. I mean, it, it all worked like clockwork. So much so that, like, I had one minor little leg cramp. Dehydrating that hard. I had one minor little leg cramp that afternoon. Slept great. Woke up ready. You know, in the contest, I mean, it was a fight all day. Me and one guy were going head-to-head. He qualified last year. I think he even took maybe, like, uh, 11th or 12th at the Arnold the year before. So, yeah, it was a good fight. Um, back and forth all day. And we thought we were done. And they called us both over to the scores table and said, hey, we got a tie. We need a tiebreaker. This is for the Arnold. So we decided to do the farmer's hole for time. And it was so cool if you think about it. If you ever seen a little little kid in the driveway shooting basketball, I guarantee you before they go inside, they always play the same scenario. It's a last-second shot. we got to make this. And what happens when they miss? They reset it again. Last-second <laughs> shot. You know, it's, it just keeps going. But this was it. This was the last second. I you know, We had 275 in each hand. We had to hold it for time. After a very long day, you know, some experience really paid off, you know, wrapping up my forearms to help my grip, you know. Uh, being it's a s- dirty trick from powerlifting. Yeah, setting my <laughs> shoulders back, just kind of just zoning out, just being like, you know, this is it, you know. Pain is nothing, just keep going. And and I ended up winning by around a second, and we qualified for the Arnold. And that's, Congratulations, That's man. been like a goal because, like you said, I, uh, I, I won a world championship in, in powerlifting. You know, I competed at the U.S. Canada meet in Olympic lifting, so that's another international comp, and I won three three different disciplines and now yeah not too many people can say that that's very very impressive yeah um so are you going to compete at the same weight no luckily i can weigh as they they group it all together i can weigh as much as 231 oh good okay i've been you know for using an app and actually tracking my macros which is weird uh, trying to, you know, just playing with it now, making sure, I mean... Upping your carbs a little bit. A little bit. You know, I have, I, I like, I don't know the correct term. I have a very low, what I call, carb tolerance. Right. A little bit of carbs I balloon up, so I've... Yeah. A couple donuts and you're, and you're in a super heavy I'm there, weight. yeah. You know, I, I, so I, I keep my fats pretty high. I, I'm riding probably around, you know, 300 grams of protein plus. My fats are, you know, I'm trying to push 75 to 100. Cool. You know, and my carbs, I'm just letting them go. Training days, maybe 150, okay. which by some people is probably nothing. But for right. me, it's a lot. And then non-training days, maybe 50 to 75. I mean, it's not it's not rocket science. Yeah. Something I said, that you, know, you said that was, um, I think a lot of people, coaches especially, or people in general, you know, you have to be flexible with your programming. And, and that's one thing I learned early on is like, you know, it's great. You can write the program for all these clients, but then it's like, oh, a client comes in and, oh, I didn't sleep last night. Or... You know, uh, it just worked a 12 hour day. You know, you got to be flexible, you know, and you, and you got to be able to change your programming on the fly. And mm-hmm. if things aren't going well, back the weight down, you know, or if you're going, if things are going well, you know, yeah, pump it up a little bit. bit. Yeah. So I think people get so caught up in, 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 in following these, these, these templates to the T instead of looking at principles. I think that's something. Um, you know, it's a double-edged sword, too. If you're going for performance, you have to realize not everything is going to be perfect. You're going right. to be tired. Your dog's yeah. going to puke in your shoe. You know, Absolutely. You, you, you know, you, 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 your wife or girlfriend burnt dinner or something. I mean, it's not going to be perfect. No. But you have to know, hey, when can I push? When can I right. can't? And, and, that's then, and then that's experience. the thing. Like, crucify, like for me, you know, when I was training with you, you know, work, working 12 hour days, not sleeping, you know, training at Catholic, wearing me out. And then I'd come in, pop to a Fedra, take a rip force, wash it down, 
uh, and then Metallica and an ammonia cap. So it was always pushing that threshold no matter what. I mean, if I was exhausted and then it, the problem is you get so tired, then all of a sudden you're popping a Fedra just to train people because you have to be, you know, you're yeah. so exhausted and that's the whole I dug for myself and, it, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's easy to get into. Especially if you work for yourself. Cause right. I mean, you, you have to, you have to keep a full book to, to be able to, you know, afford everything to, to yeah. live, but especially you for you with your, all your kids. Yeah. Right. I mean, I got three, jeez, man, you know, <laughs> uh, just, but having somewhat of a balance, making some time for yourself. I mean, I, I fell into that hole for a little bit. You know, I was, I noticed I was taking, drinking an energy drink, you know, at, at 5 p.m. just to train my clients. You right. Know, because I was tired. Because they expect a certain experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. I mean, not to say like, you know, they, it's a show, but I mean, you have to be there for them. Right. You know, and, that, and sometimes, you know, it's... it's, it's I, I don't think people realize how much energy it takes or, you know, and I, I compare, I have a lot of clients that are hairdressers. It's the same thing. You right. have to be energized. You have to be active. You have to be engaged. Mm-hmm. You can't just stand there. People aren't going to train with you. And I don't think people realize that if, you, you know, I was doing, you know, 10 sessions a day, plus working with a high school team, plus trying to train at a world-class level. I don't think people, you know, you do three or four good, solid group sessions, you're, you're finished. Oh, yeah. You know, people don't. And then for you, you got to go home to your kids and your right. wife and good God, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> three dogs is enough for me. Right. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, I refer, if anyone comes to me, you know, obviously I've got, I've got some college kids that have Olympic lists in their program and we keep it real simple. And I, I work on those things in their warm up, hand cleans, you know, snatches, things like that. Um, and work on the technical aspects of it, and then we just get them stronger and explosive through jumps and sprints and all that kind of stuff. Um, anybody that's serious wants to seriously Olympic lift, I send them to you because you're just. I mean, let's talk a little bit about first of all, talk uh, your your coach in Olympic lifting and his background. What do you talk about? Like when someone comes to you and says they want an Olympic lift, what what do you basically, what's your process in that? Well, first I want to ask why. Is this like, you know, because you saw it in CrossFit or something like that. I want to know why you want to because it's 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 super technical. If it's just something you just, you know, hey, it's a hobby, then I, I might take a different approach to it. You know, I, I won't be so, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a technique snob. I get that from old doc, you know. But uh, I, I'm going to let certain things slide a little bit. We're not going to be con- so concerned if you can get asked to grass there, you know. But uh, if someone says, hey, I want to compete, you know, then, mm-hmm. then we go down a different road. Then we're going to work on their mobility. We're going to make sure uh, that they have st- the stability to hold something over their head, first of all. I mean, right. the shoulders Most are usually just junk. Can't. You know, the hamstrings are junk, you know. So we have to do that. Uh, and then I... When I first started, I came in as like a 17-year-old kid that was just stupid strong. I mean, I had like a 500-pound raw squat weighing under 200 pounds. Right. You know, and in retrospect, it was a mistake to lose that strength to gain the flexibility and mobility when I, I think I could have done both. So that's the kind of the two-pronged approach I want to do. I, you, when was the last time you seen an Olympic lifter do a box squat? Right. You know, but I'm going to put that in there. One, because it's going to strengthen the hips and it's going to save the hips a little bit because it's, right. it's so hip dominant. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to work first uh, at a top down approach. I'm going to start what we call a power position, work my way down because most people don't have the mobility to get the ball off the floor safely, you know, and, and work from there and then just totally start picking apart. Be like, well, you know, we can't pack the shoulder in. So why? You know, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, going to just a coach that stands there shaking a stick. I'm going to get them involved. I'm going to say, well, what do you feel when you, when you do the slip? What did you feel? Did you jump forward? Did you jump backwards? You know, did, did, 
you know, your left shoulder keeps coming out. Have we had an injury there? You know, well, let's see. Well, that it's underdeveloped. Let's look up down the chain. Oh, yeah, your hips are a little jacked up here. You know, uh, but if I get somebody that's just like a recreational or, uh, you know, someone that just, uh, you know, wants to, you know, kind of incorporate a little bit more because they watch the CrossFit games or something, which is totally fine. Um, then we're going to work more power clean, power snatch, stuff like right. that. Not not so much on the classical level, you know. And, and the technique for stringing lifts together is a little bit different than, you know, classical max effort, you know, clean and jerk or snatch or something, you know. Um, Why don't you talk a little bit about your Olympic lifting coach? Oh, Doc Presley, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, you know. You can still see him early mornings tromping around LAC, you know. The, the guy is... He's one hell of a technique coach, and 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 to say this, he's he's a master of movement. He can. I just for instance, uh, when I went to the Strongman Nationals a couple of years ago, uh, one of the events was a dumbbell clean and press, this big circus dumbbell, and I just happened to email him see if he was available because I needed some help looking at it. He's never seen this lift before, nothing. He watched and. And granted, he coached me for 11 years, and he knows my body, but he watched, and he looked, and he found a couple of cues. And that's one of the things I, I learned from him was being able to want to find the cue that's going to work for the person. It might be the same cue, just worded differently. You might right. say it backwards like Yoda, but all of a sudden, it's going to click with him. Right. Shit. But then, you know, uh, looking at the movement itself, breaking it down, you know, it's, yeah, squat, you bend your knees. You know, it's it's a little bit more than that. You know, a deadlift, right. I, you just stand up. It's a little bit more than that. You know, being able to look at that and, and you know, and then, you know, just some of the life lessons the old man taught me. You know, I, I remember sitting down. We were getting ready for, a, a, I think it was collegiate nationals. And he always made me take notes, which I try to get all my clients to take notes in their in their training, in their diet, you know, just to see what works. He said, write this down. I said, all right. And he goes, weights. I wrote weights down. He goes, are heavy. You know, and I still have that hanging in my garage gym. It's in, it's in, it's in there. Weights are heavy, you know, and that's just that's just one of those things. And another thing, he said, at the end of the day, only only two things are going to happen: the weights are either going to go up or the weights going to go down. You know, it, it's what you do in the middle that matters. You know, I mean, the, right. I owe that man everything. He's 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 a he's a crazy old dude, but I love him to death. You know, I mean, you can vouch for him. Oh, he's he's a, he's a one of a kind, a great dude, and, and I mean, a world class. Um, you know, he's an Olympic lifting judge in the mm-hmm. Olympics, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's done the. He's uh, I think he was at the uh, judging at the scores table at the Atlantic Games. Uh, he's I mean, th- he's been all over the world uh, for this. I mean, it's it's really crazy, and just to, just to have that fall into. I mean, I've, I've been super blessed. I mean, I, I had my original high school coach. You know, uh, um, uh. Doc, I mean, it just just so happened. I mean, uh, met up with you. Mm-hmm. You gave me uh, uh, Louis Simmons' number. I called the dude thinking that whatever. He called me back. <laughs> you know, I, I just got out of the shower. I'm still dripping wet with a towel around me. And I sat there and Dance, I... That's Louis! Yeah, I talked to the dude for like 45 minutes, you know, just, just bouncing ideas off of him. And it wasn't like, you know, some kind of authoritative, you need to do this, this, and this. You know, it was... Well, why do you feel you need to do that? You know, and I would try to explain it. And he wasn't like, well, you're wrong. He was like, well, let's, let's think of it this way, you know, trying to open the mind, you know, uh, uh, you know, just everybody I've run into. I mean, hell, we went up to, uh, Windler, let us come up to Elite a couple of times, I think, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that was just cool just to, just to be around, you know, that level of, 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 of guys, you know, of lifters, you know, just to be able to, uh, See how they train. Yes, you can see all the Instagram videos, all the YouTube videos, but to see how you interact in a weight room, in that setting, how, that's the thing, uh, Crockett one time, and we were standing there talking to him, and he was, you know, just, just sh- shooting the shit with us, and then all of a sudden he's like, hey, you know, you got to learn how to turn it on and turn it off. 
And that's something, you know, I've learned from him watching you back in the day with the ephedra and everything. You know, he was just totally calm, sit down, get his shit together, boom, did some kind of crazy press, sat back up, right back to normal. Right. You know. And that's something I didn't do very well at. <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was on all the time. All the time, stuck on. And, and you know, and it's easy to do when the weights oh. are moving. And I it mean, feels cool. and it feels fantastic. The problem is once you get in that state where you're so used to being on, you, you don't feel normal, relaxed. Like you feel uncomfortable. Like no. when you're relaxed, it, it took me, when I got sick, it took me a long time to be able to feel comfortable in a, in quiet time. Like I literally would sit there and be like, oh my God, I got to do something. Or yeah. I, I, you get addicted to that rush. And, mm-hmm. and the problem is the more you hit that rush, the more of a stimulus you need. And it mm-hmm. just digs a hole. Yeah. You know, even in that, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'll use a pre-workout. I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'm a coffee junkie. But you know, I, I I cycle that. You know, I've been lucky enough. New Health Supplements they 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 sponsor me. They give me some stuff here, but I don't hit it up all the time. Right. If they give me some pre workout, I'll use it. When it's done, it's done. I take at least a month off. That's good. You know, Smart. stuff like that. You know, but, but hell, I might sit there and drink four or five cups of coffee in the morning. <laughs> but I got three kids, man. You know, yeah, you do. three kids, two dogs. It's 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 a madhouse. What you talk about that? Why don't you talk about the balancing of, you know training clients, having a family, competing at an international mm-hmm. level, you know, in strongman. And how do you, how do you balance all that? Man, it's a, it's a juggling act, you know, uh, uh, personally, like, you know, I, on Tuesdays and Thursdays between, you know, like I, I take the day off. I don't go into work until 5 PM and that's just so I can hang out with my kids, you know, uh, you know, it's really cool, especially having like the gym, you know, having a, a fully stocked gym in the, in the house there. I might not train, but like, you know, the guys will come over to train. And it reminds me of when I was a kid, you know, like when my dad would get home from work, uh, you know, and, and the tree gang would be there and one of them would break off and throw the ball with us or something, hmm. you know, and, and all the guys would come over, they, they go over and mess with the kids, but it's, it's hard. I mean, if, if you have to realize if you, if you want to go to a certain level, there's certain things that you have to sacrifice, but you know, don't sacrifice your kids, you know, have I missed things? Yeah. You know, but I'm 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 always there. You know, if if something happens, you know, my clientele's been super cool about that. You know, something comes up, hey man, I gotta go with my kids. They don't even bat an eye. They say, go get, you know. And that was kind of the reason last year I didn't go to nationals. The year before, I, it was it was something new, and I had to miss my middle son's birthday, and it, it tore me up. It really messed with me. So this year, I was just like, you know what? I got some things going on. I'm not doing it. I, I'm I'm gonna stay at home. You know. But on the flip side of that, you know, jamming, you know, clearing out two days a week, you know, uh, uh, that means Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you know, or at least Mondays and Wednesdays, you know, the, the little, little shits, I, I might not see them, you know, they might, I'll be gone well before I have somebody at 5 a.m. They're not up then, hopefully. Um, and I might not get back till 9 or 10, yeah. you know, and they're already in bed. But, you know, the next day, hey, man, I'm right there, getting them out of bed, awesome. messing with them, chasing them around, you know, and then we'll... They like to go out in the garage and play. So we go work out. They get the mats down. They roll around and stuff. You know, That's they try cool. to pick up the stones and stuff. It's really cool. You know, it's just, I'm never going to force them to do that, to do any of this crap. Well, they'll just do it automatically. Yeah, but if they want to, yeah, proud papa. You know? Just wait till that stone goes rolling down the driveway. <laughs> right. Somebody's car out. <laughs> I've, I've, I've already wrote on there, you know, if found, return to gym land. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah, send the bill. Right. Um, so... When I first met you, you weren't you weren't coaching people. Um, 
what, what were you doing? You're an environmental. I, I worked for uh, uh, I worked for the state for a little bit in Division of Conservation. You know, it was. I guess it was my turn to feed at the public trough, so to speak. You know, I mean, it was a, it was a gravy job. To be honest, I sat in my own office for seven and a half, eight hours, and did nothing. Did absolutely nothing. And then uh, I couldn't stand it anymore, and I switched over uh, to the private sector. Worked for an engineering firm, and I was still Olympic lifting then. But then that job required me to travel quite a bit, being on the road. Yeah, I remember. And, and it was, I mean, it was hard enough to find a gym. Yeah, you know, in some of these little podunk towns and stuff. I would always find one, but I mean, you'd have a bent bar and some old iron weights, so you really couldn't snatch a clean. So sure. you squat and deadlift, and then all of a sudden, I think one night, I think I texted you. I was like, "Man, I just pulled six hundred. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was crazy. And I was just like, you know, this is cool. I'm getting stronger. You know, yeah. it feels good. That like, you know, we talk about that rush. You know, there is no better feeling than walking into a gym and knowing at will you can pick up six seventy five or something. Sure. That nobody else in there can. You right. know, you're the strongest one in there. You might not be the best squatter. You might this might might be able to bench press more. You, but overall, I mean, it's a respect thing. You know, and that's sure. the thing. When I grew up, I, I I had the chance. I grew up in an old powerhouse gym. I mean, this place was for legit bodybuilders, legit powerlifters, and, and some female figure competitors. I mean. There were certain times when this big guy, the Iceman, would come in. He'd crank the radio up, and you just the electricity in there. But there was also this thing of respect. You know, these guys were big and strong. They would help you out, but you better stay out of the way. You know, yeah, and it was just—I don't know if it was old school. I mean, this place was so dirty. It had the rubber floor. They—they they mopped it. You know, but they never changed the mop water. They just add to it. I mean, my old buddy, uh, you know, Tony, Tony Duckwall, he, yeah, he was, yeah. he worked. That's why I met up with Tony. I mean, the great dude, you know, uh, just, I mean, I've been super blessed with these guys, you know, everybody that's come in and helped me, you know, uh, you don't have to subscribe to one particular uh, training mythology or something. Modality. Like yeah, modality, whatever, you know, it's, it's. Bits and pieces. You know, nobody's 100% right. Nobody knows everything. Something might work for you and your twin, identical twin brother, it might not. You know, mm, it's yeah. one of those things. Being versatile, being able to move, being able, that's why I encourage people to take notes on their training. I mean, yeah. in my log, there might be, you know, what I did that day, and there might be an asterisk. Left hip was tight. Okay. You know, and I'll go back through, and if I start seeing a trend, I go back and flip through and be like, well, maybe my hip was tight. Oh, I haven't done my, you know, rotational shit or something you know right. something like that it, it, it helps out a ton i agree absolutely talk about that transition when you know when did you decide that you were going to get into coaching and, and how did that how did that go for you you know what 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 was that like i know a lot of people would like to do that it's a scary scary it's process it's very scary i mean i was working on the road i think my worst year i spent 40 like six weeks on the road there's only 52 in a year yeah <laughs> you know and, and i remember we were trained at lac and there was a guy there and he was training this old jewish lady in a one-arm dumbbell snatch and she said <laughs> oy vey this is gonna hurt and he looked at her and said yep and i remember turning to jerry and being like jerry if this clown can make a living and sleep in his own bed every night so can i <laughs> and i did but I, I i was smart about it i i didn't jump into you know lac's a big jump yeah. You know, you, I, I got my certification, you know, which we can talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> whatever. And then I... You're de-evolving. De right. And then, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I did that. And I went to one of these small little gyms just to try to, where they would feed you clients, trying to hone my craft. You know, I am a people person, but being able to interact with somebody that they think they want to do this, but they not want to, you know. And right. I, I would work... 
I would get there at 4.30 in the morning, you know, train a couple of clients, rush to my old job, work there from uh, 7 to 3.30, 4 o'clock, rush back out to the gym, work there until maybe 10, you know, and I, I, I did it forever, you know, and for 11 months, I worked four 16-hour days, a 12 and a 10, and I, and they liked to kill me, you know, I, I, I would pull up at a stoplight and shove my foot under the brake, not if I fell asleep, because when I fell asleep, I don't roll out in the intersection, yeah. you know, but, you know, and, and it slowly started to build and build and build, and then I started getting a little, my name started getting out there, but I wasn't so much advertising. You see a lot of guys now, they'll try to... Facebook click ever, ads. Ever, <laughs> and even that, or they'll, 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 they'll just post on their feed, you know, hey, offering, you know, uh, you know, 100 sessions for 10 bucks, you yeah. know, I mean, come on, guys. Number one, your Facebook feeds are your friends, and number two, take value in your craft. I mean, if you put in the work, you know, and you believe what you're doing, you know, put value to it. You know, it's and that's and that's something I learned too. You know, I I figured, you know, when I first started out, you know, I was like, well, if I'm cheaper, I'll get busier. Well, you lose. It's it's a production game. You lose that, you know. And and then you know, going up to uh, see uh, uh, Hartman and uh, Robertson up there in Indy, you know, that one time, it was pretty eye opening to see how they. How they worked, you know, how, you know, granted they're from the uh, physical therapy side, you know, but to, to see how that incorporates, to actually have my, my eyes opened, you know, we joke on uh, Sarah and them doing these weird drills, you know, mm. and stuff. And then all of a sudden, actually, somebody putting you in there and fixing your squat, you know. Yeah. Damn, it's crazy, you know. And, and being able to, to watch people uh, and look, you know, somebody walks in and you can already see yeah. See things, how your hips are way out of a line or, you know, your shoulders sunk down. You got the mousing arm from using your mouse all day at work, you know. But it, it, it was a scary transition, and I was going to ride that wave of working all those jobs as long as I could. And then the day job finally laid me off, and it was such a breath of fresh air, Yeah, you know. And then, you know, I was still at the uh, at a small gym out in Versailles, um, and I was uh, renting a studio space uh, off Richmond Road there. Uh, DNR Fitness. Those guys are really cool out there. Um, I think they since moved, but uh, they yeah. actually disbanded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I had that. You know, these thrown. Uh, then uh, you know, LAC was opening this CrossFit room, and I was running between so many different places. I was like, "This is stupid." I've worked there for like since '01. Hundred years. Yeah. I was like, "Why not move over there?" I mean, I have four thousand members. I figured, yeah, half of them know me already. You right. know, so went over there, and it, I mean, it just took off like gangbusters. I mean, you know, re referrals from you guys, you know, stuff like that, you know, and just, you know, I don't, I'm not one to flood with useless knowledge out on the internet. You know, I mean, some people try that approach. Let's just throw everything out there and see what bites. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I just stay the course, keep it simple. I mean, that's yep. that's, that's the thing. I mean, if you give more than you get back in return, I, I, Gary Vanderchuk talks about the fifty-one forty-nine, and and that's if you do that and you give people more than you're getting back, in the long run, you're going to come out ahead. And and yeah. that's it's, you treat other people the way you want to be treated. And if you do a great job and you actually care about people. Um, it's going to build like a snowball yeah. and that's what people don't understand. You've got to put in your time, mm -hmm. you know, new coaches. I mean, it takes years and years and years. And even as long as I've been doing this going on almost 20 years now, if I get to the point where I don't give more than I get, then things are going to go, go south. Oh yeah. And, I mean, and, you, and you, you kind of feel that sometimes you're yeah. like, geez, I'm, I'm just not feeling it today, you know, but mm -hmm. you know, you, you kind of sack up. 
Yeah. Know, these people these people are here for a reason. Yeah. You know, you, you sack up and you do it. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things, you know. It's funny what you do when you when you quit making excuses. That's true. You know. It's very true. You know, I can I can think back, oh, you know, before I started, you know, training and coaching, I was like, Well, I could do it but I could <laughs> do this, but you know you know, if if I was, you know, probably six seven and could dribble a damn basketball, I could probably be in the NBA. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. You know, right, right. I could do neither, but we, well. fell, we both fell a little short <laughs> right. in that department. You know. So talk about where people can find you. Do you do any kind of online uh, coaching? I know you've done some seminars at some CrossFits. You can hit me up on Facebook. I use that some. It's just Justin Ford or the business page, Underground Athletic Development. Um uh, Post a lot of silly videos on Instagram at four thousand five. There is a website. I haven't uh, checked it in quite a while. It's uh, undergroundathletedevelopment dot com. It's kind of like my blog. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, it's one of those things that kind of disappears. So you can you can you can email me, you know, uh, at undergroundathletic at gmail. Um, you know, uh, or you call over at Lexington Athletic Club, they can give you my number. You know, feel free to call or text that. You know, um, but I'm just always around. You know, I've been one of those guys. I've not wanted to jump out in the, in front of everybody and be, hey, look at me. Yeah. You know, I mean, not to say we're grunts, but we do work. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's what you want to look for. Find someone that's willing to put in time. If yeah. you're willing to put in time, find someone that's going to match that or better. I mean, there's a few there's a few guys online that, um, you know, like Robertson and Cressy and uh, Dean Somerset up in, in Edmonton, um, you know, that are putting out great content who are online and they're also coaching people, but there's a lot of great coaches that you haven't heard of because they're coaching. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the times, you know, um, I, I don't know how Cressy does it, but you know, he puts out such great content and then he's coaching and then he's got his kids. But most, there's a lot of people that you haven't heard of out there because, especially college strength coaches that are so busy working with their teams, they just don't have the time. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of the people that are, are putting out a lot of this content aren't actually coaching people. Right. They're just trying to put as many products out to their email list, which is fine. You know, God bless them. Um, sometimes I'm jealous of that. <laughs> and then they just collect that check because, you right. know, if you got 500,000 people on your email list and, one percent buys your your affiliate product and you get you know right. fifty bucks a piece. Then shoot, you're, yeah, yeah. you're set. Easy money. Yeah, it's easy money. You know that's the thing with the online. I I do some online programming and coaching. It's just I I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to technique and right. on that it's a little more of an intimate thing. I'm I I've seen it countless times where people from some big name coaches there that'll get programs and it's the same damn program. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you come to me, you're gonna be guaranteed it's gonna be, you know, custom for you, custom to you, unique for what your needs. You know, I'm not gonna throw a blanket program out. Right. You know, and then here's my template for every person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well you're 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 a five a Caucasian. Here, here you go. You know, right. <laughs> whatever. You know, I mean, that's silliness. But I mean, it's 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 kind of the dark side of the online stuff. Sometimes I believe it's, sure. it's 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 almost like a puppy mill. We're just gonna crank it out, crank it out, crank it out. You know. And, I like to do well, and the that. funny thing about that is that that general template is probably better than what they were doing, anyways. Right. True enough. True yeah, enough. I mean, so. that's a, that's a cool thing. Doc told me this. He said the human body can do anything for ten days. After that, it goes to shit. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> true. Some people make it last longer with, stuff, right. with supplements. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. You know. Fair enough. Well, Justin, it's been great having mm-hmm. you in here. Thanks for coming by. I really you. love doing these uh, these in person interviews. 
and I appreciate you coming by. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for tuning in to the Body IO, the Jim Laird Show on Body IO FM. Please drop me an email if you have any questions or concerns. We'll uh, looking forward to next time. been listening to the jim laird show with your host jim laird if you'd like to hear more log on to body.io don't miss the next episode of the jim laird show when he'll probably say something inappropriate but unexpectedly insightful